0: Bottle Episode is a spirited podcast about spiritist libations. Those under their country's legal drinking age should turn off this podcast and go do their homework. Good evening, folks, and welcome to Bottle Episode, the professional bartender's guide for the cocktail enthusiast. I am your host, Lan Tolleson, and my guest today is a veritable encyclopedia of knowledge on the topics of spirits, cocktails, and wine. He works harder than basically anyone I've ever met, and at this point seems to be drawing on the deepest well of energy available to humankind. Uh, He has become a dear friend since I've moved to Austin, and uh, he also happens to be my boss. Uh, It's Matt Corzelius, everybody. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, Lan. Happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Glad you're here, man. Uh, I plugged it last episode, episode one. Uh, We're talking about the martini today. And it's one of the most classic drinks of all time. Uh, And uh, such a personal drink as well. Uh, We're drinking specifically, we're both drinking gin martinis right now. And we're drinking very different martinis. So why did you want to talk about the martinis today?
1: Uh, I I think it's probably one of the most personal drinks mm-hmm. uh, to people and it has so many variations and it's so unagreed upon what a martini is. And when people order one, it's almost as though their belief is that that's the only martini that there can be. It's yeah, un- like absolutely. everyone kind of expects everyone to have the same opinion about it and it's so varied. And uh, I just think it's kind of a fascinating look at uh at everything between bar culture and uh hospitality and the way we approach it and uh the way we order it i, I just find it, i think it's a really deep well of uh well of what am i looking to say
0: i don't know i'm trying to Con- a deep deep well of super cool content for the yeah <laughs> there we go
1: i'm already <laughs> nailing
0: it uh yeah no the the, the martini is uh well it's Personally, I think, you know, oftentimes a question that we get at the bar uh, and that I think most bartenders, especially cocktail bartenders, get at every bar ever is, what's your favorite drink on the menu or just at all? And it's our job to redirect that conversation to what do you like to drink? Because what I like isn't what you like, or it may be, but, you know, it's not my job to tell you what I like. It's my job to get you what you like. But but I, I found myself more more frequently answering the question, honestly, uh, in terms of like, well, the, if you want to know what I like to drink the most, what I'm going to like, what I most often crave, it's a martini. Uh, that's like what I go to. And it is such a personal drink and it is such a misunderstood drink and a hot button issue for a lot of people. You know, you're right. You're right. There Precisely. are so many people who are like this is the martini and there's no other way to drink a martini other than the way that I drink my martini which is incorrect because uh every other person who drinks a martini proves them otherwise.
1: And and that's also why truly my answer to the question what's your favorite drink would often be if I'm and you know I try to be honest with with my guests um but oftentimes if if you're too honest with your question it leads you down roads that aren't worth going down. Yeah. One of which very often would be well, <laughs> it's a martini and and you know, I don't have a favorite drink. I probably have a top 20 maybe, but you know, if we're being honest, I could easily say that. And then what are we talking about? Then that is going to conjure something very specific in the guest's mind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which very often won't be the same thing that I am imagining when I say the martini. Uh, and so it's just kind of like I often try to avoid going down roads that cause needless filler conversation sure. and, and and proselytizing for myself on what mm. what that actually means. Yeah.
0: Well, let's uh, let's because I want to get into like the very specific martini that you are drinking right now, mm-hmm. uh, because I will post it in the show notes and I'll also make a video about it, uh, about how to make this specific martini that you're drinking. Um, but before that, why don't we get into, cause I think we're going to spend a lot of time on what a martini is. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get into what a martini isn't?
1: Okay. Uh, all right, we can, let's do it. So is that a question?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it's a prompt, uh, <laughs> for, for a conversation, but yeah. I, I, I am asking you to speak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, what isn't a martini and, and this uh, is, is we're stuck with what they did to us in the you know late '80s, early '90s, and whatnot, which is tag the word martini onto the back of anything served in a stemmed martini glass. Yeah,
0: which I should note, we're both drinking a martini. Neither of us is drinking it out of a quote unquote martini glass. No, uh, you don't. The a a glass does not a drink make. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying, um, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. You know there there are drinks that that we serve that we call a martini that is not a when when we use like capital M martini we're not talking about and there are like you know there's the lemon drop martini there's the espresso martini things like that the lychee martini the, lice the lice list martini. goes on and on the list go, yeah absolutely and all of those are get that name because they are served in that glass and or were originally served in that glass at least and. While they are lowercase M martinis, for sure, uh, they are not like the capital M martini that we are talking about
1: today. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny that we don't put a cosmopolitan martini. That that hasn't been a thing. Yeah. Because that's one of the few drinks that always gets served in that glass, and yet it doesn't have that. But that's a side
0: side. Yeah, yeah. To. No, I, I actually was thinking about that uh, a couple seconds ago when I was talking about what a martini isn't.
1: I must say that when I, you know, through my development as a bartender or a hospitality professional, when I understood that what you said, a a glass does not the drink make. It's incredibly freeing to know that I could have a martini that wasn't in the most ergonomically negligent glass that has ever been created.
0: Yeah. Martini glasses, by and large, do. And this is just like, even if you like them, and I know that a lot of people do like them, martini glasses in terms of, like, the best drinking experience just kind of suck.
1: It's the worst.
0: They, they are incredibly top heavy. Uh, the width of the glass itself causes is just like a recipe for spillage.
1: It, it is a a party foul incarnate. Yeah. Like. It's one thing to have a martini in a martini glass sitting while you're sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. You get to place it down. You pick it up slowly and take a controlled sip with it. If you have to be moving around a room with one, I I, I would ne- basically, I, I would never have the instinct to order a martini when I knew that I would be standing for any length of time Yeah, because half of that is going on the floor. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a good alternative to that. if And again, if you like martini glasses. By all means, drink out of martini glasses. We serve our martinis at the Roosevelt. I feel like a lot of quote unquote fancy cocktail bars serve their martinis in other glasses. Mm-hmm.
1: Nick and Nora uh, Nick is and Nora's, pretty common. Uh,
0: which is what I'm drinking out of right now. Uh, you're drinking drinking out of a coupe glass. Uh, the the martini glass like, is something that we use on a daily basis. But if you're looking for alternatives, the two that I mentioned, a Nick and Nora glass is great. A uh, coupe glass is great. Um, cause and, and stemware I think is it's, you don't have to drink any, any drink out of any type of glass, but stemware is nice for drinks like this because, uh, the best way to drink a martini is cold and having the stem to pick up and have your hand, not warm the glass, uh, you know, just helps prolong and improve the experience.
1: And if we're being honest, so does having a glass that has tighter sides mm-hmm. and and cuts down on the surface area that the uh, this is nerdy, but on the surface area yeah. of of uh, booze that is being exposed to the the open air uh, in a martini glass. That's the glass that in which your drink will warm up the fastest.
0: Yeah, because they are just so wide, especially like I feel like the martini glass that you can buy in the store. uh one is far too large. Um, you can fit three martinis in those big mm-hmm. nine ounce martini glasses that they sell at like
1: Target. Um, Which are to blame for the, and when when you have that at your bar or restaurant, they are to blame for when people are going, well, where's the rest of it? Yeah. I want it full. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and it's like, I legally can't serve you the rest
1: there of is it. There's so much liquor in that glass, man. Uh-huh. I cannot, cannot give you more. Sorry. I'm yeah.
0: I, I, I apologize, but I, I can't. Um, so all of that to say a martini does not, or a cocktail does not a glass make, uh, you can, you can use whatever glass you want. I often enjoy or, a glass,
1: does a, glass, not a, glass does,
0: a glass does not <laughs> a cocktail make. Uh, awesome. These martinis are already picking out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I often will drink a martini on the rocks. I was talking to care about this last week. Um, how like i don't often make cocktails for myself at home anymore um i'll make i'll make cocktails for Elise, my wife but uh i won't often make cocktails for myself and if i do it's typically i'll just like get a rocks glass toss a piece of ice in there and pour like uh gin and vermouth into the glass at the same time because i enjoy my martinis equal parts gin and vermouth which is uh i feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about vermouth which i think we can get into in just a little bit uh but you're drinking one that is very different and so uh, tell me the martini that you are drinking
1: okay uh, so I'm uh, very much a, a gin martini drinker uh, so that's that's always like the the space I start from uh, and then I, I do I have certain things that I very very rarely stray from but I make small changes within depending on my my mood and my moment
0: to start uh, why don't why don't we say like why don't we talk about like like what's in your glass right now? Right now, and then then we'll get into. Uh, so like this one specifically,
1: we've got uh, uh, Saint George but uh the botanivore, mm-hmm. uh gin with I do a, a two to one ratio as far as gin to vermouth goes, but I actually like to annoy bartenders and cut my vermouths back in half with uh, my vermouth ratio going half to a dry. And half usually to a um, a slightly bittered aromatized wine. Uh, Usually a uh, cokie americano is just kind of my go-to. It's the one I can rely on most bars and restaurants to have on hand. Uh, Cokie americano being a uh, and uh, technically in the amer family, so it has just a touch of sweetness and a touch of uh, and then a touch of bitterness. It comes from uh, gentian, and uh, I believe there's some chinchona bark in there. There's some uh, uh, wormwood as well among all sorts of a whole range of other herbs and whatnot and then uh two dashes of orange bitters and a a lemon twist that's that's where i that's where i land uh i do like a zestier you might say martini uh i am a no olive boy uh overall and uh yeah so that's that's what's in my glass that's pretty much what i do across the board the difference will come in which vermouths or which aromatized wines I choose or which uh, gin I choose, but it's always going to be gin and usually going to be a split vermouth ratio.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, I I love playing with, with the types of, of fortified wines that I use Uh, fortified wine being uh, it's when you take wine, you add liquor to it and often also add, you add aromatics, you add botanicals to it Uh, much like you would, well, not, much like you would with gin, but kind of like you would with gin. Uh, and uh, then there's there's things like Amer, which have specifically more bittering agents to them. Uh, and then there's things like Sherry, which you age and uh, do all sorts of cool stuff with.
1: Yeah, let me not understate that uh, Sherry belongs in a martini at times if you want to really dry it out at some saltiness and whatnot to it. There's a lot of variations that that have that. And in the right mood, that would that would be what I go for.
0: Yeah. And that's that's honestly my my biggest piece of advice for people who are interested in getting into martinis is like uh, find your martini uh, and don't be afraid to play with with different types of sherry. I've definitely had my fair share of martinis with with like Amontillado sherry or or Manzanilla sherry, uh, things like that. Uh,
1: what would be the difference between those two, Lan?
0: What would be the difference between those two amontillado is uh, they're both dry cherries. Uh you're quizzing me. Uh, That's
1: not what I'm trying to do. You're quizzing
0: me. And this is a, <laughs> this is a test and I will not fail. Uh, amontillado Sherry is, and Manzanilla Sherry are both uh, dry sherries. Uh Amontillado brings a lot of nuttiness to the table. Uh, and I, I think it skews uh, like a little bit sweeter than than manzanilla, but still very dry. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, agree to a point. The nuttiness. Richer. Yeah, richer is a, a good word. Like the nuttiness alludes to sweetness, uh, whereas manzanilla is like incredibly acidic and incredibly salty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I really enjoy both of those uh, as an addition to my martini. Um, I'm also a gin martini drinker. Uh, again, I'm I'm doing uh, equal parts gin and vermouth. Uh, the standard is for that is about an ounce and a half of each. Uh, every now and then I add out orange bitters. Every now and then I don't, uh, but always a lemon twist. Uh, for me personally, uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, yeah. So we'll get into like uh, we'll get into questions that people have sent me in uh, a little bit later. Uh, but one question that I've gotten a lot. Uh, that I, I feel like is, or will be easy to kind of fold into this part is uh, I actually have a couple. Um, one, shaking versus stirring. Let's talk about it. Because Let's talk I think about it. a lot of people don't know the difference and what each brings to the table. Explain to me what, what shaking versus stirring does.
1: All right. So in the end, uh, what are you trying to get out of your martini? Personally, I want richness of flavor. That's what I build my martini spec around, essentially. It's why there's bitters in there. It's why I I add a slightly sweetening agent, add some bitterness. I I want richness of flavor. In order to get that, you stir. Uh, That does a a couple things. You will appropriately chill your cocktail without over-diluting it, without over-chilling it. Because not only does a dilution take away the flavor intensity but so does over chilling uh, it'll numb your tongue exactly i do believe that a cold martini it's a martini should be cold but to an extent whereas shaking is going to shock your cocktail it's going to add dilution it's going to add even more chill and uh so essentially, that's also sometimes when someone asks for a, a stirred martini and their martini doesn't look as full as the one next to them could be the reason that that has happened in could the first place. Um,
0: uh, let's also talk about uh, a term that I, I hear a lot. Uh, and I think that it's I if, if you look basically anywhere, you can find this kind of thing debunked. But I also want to debunk it here. Let's talk about bruising. You can't. It's fake. Yeah, it's fake. Uh, I like you. You can't bruise your gin Uh, shaking. It doesn't change the flavor other
1: than I still don't think I really understand what people mean by that.
0: I first I don't actually know. I think that they think that shaking it somehow like activates or deactivates something. And again, like your cocktail will get colder if you shake it. And so it won't register as many flavors on like on the palate.
1: Uh, Do we think a lot of boomers are going to listen to your podcast? No. Because I blame boomers for a lot of what has gone wrong with the martini over the years. Yeah. And their terminology. Yeah. Including bruising.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Boomers, if you are listening to this podcast. um, Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My honestly, my my target, my target demographic is People who don't know a lot about cocktails and want to know more about cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, uh, like I showed Elise the, the edit of the first episode that I recorded with care last week. And she was like, I feel like I know a pretty good bit about cocktails because of you and the fact that I spend so much time with you, but like, I feel like I'm learning something from her right now. Uh, just having the two of you talk. Um, so I feel like my hope is that anybody can learn something from this, even bartenders. Sure, uh, because every single bartender brings something different to the table uh, and brings a different perspective, and that also just like goes into our martini orders. I, um, I like mine to be bright. I like to be able to drink a lot of them, uh, so that's why I increase my vermouth content because sure. uh, that way it's a little bit less boozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the way I'm drinking it right now. I'm doing two ounces of both. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a good bit boozier than what you're drinking right now.
1: Uh, wow. I feel like that was a, a bit of a slam, but
0: no, it's. I mean, like it's not a it's not a competition. <laughs> is that right?
1: what we're doing right now? It's not Leonard? a competition. All right, let's go downstairs right uh, now.
0: I mean, it is about that time, uh, but I do want to answer one more question that I've gotten. So a lot of people, um, dirty martinis. Yeah. I think we should talk about dirty martinis at some point while we're talking about martinis. Neither of us particularly enjoy dirty martinis. We should talk about
1: them before I have another drink. I think that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh,
0: Now here's the thing about dirty martinis. Uh, yeah. Dirty martinis are a thing that I think neither of us particularly enjoy. Uh, I will, I will, uh, qualify that, uh, By, one, adding another element of saying that a Gibson is also a martini. A Gibson is just a martini garnished with a cocktail onion. And pickled onion brine is very lovely Mm -hmm. in a a martini, in my opinion. And oftentimes, I will add a little bit of pickled onion brine if I have it on hand to basically any martini that I'm drinking. Uh, I feel like pretty much any build that I do uh, lends itself to that. Sure. Uh, Yeah. So, dirty martinis, uh, Often, most of the time, they… A either gin or vodka, typically vodka with olive brine. Um, So everything that we've said about how you should like we both prefer our martinis stirred. Throw that out the window. If you enjoy a dirty martini, I would recommend shaking it. Honestly, olive brine, I view as like a juice and uh, you want to aerate it. You want to get that you want to like dilute it a little bit more so that olive brine isn't quite as punchy. And also, uh, I feel like the the aeration of it, the like the air bubbles that you create when you shake something versus stirring it, uh, changes the mouthfeel. feel. Uh, I hate that word, but like changes the texture on on your uh, with it within your mouth. Gross. Uh. I
1: think everything about a dirty martini lends lends itself to being shaken. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, like like you said, when when you, I think people under estimate especially with gin um the way texture comes into play between stirring and shaking and how how different those can make your cocktail when you stir that that should be silky mm-hmm. um
0: that's a good that's a good word to describe stirred cocktails just
1: take take a bottle of gin out of your free, put it in the freezer by the way i do recommend freezing your gin um but uh let's let's just say you freeze your vodka or this or that like mm-hmm. you know it's a like Russian way of, of doing things um, I actually have a soft spot for frozen vodka um you pour that out just pour it straight and it would it's like you put jello in the in the fridge for like not long enough slowly glugs out and it changes its uh you know the the sugars and the alcohol kind of like uh, develop a viscousness that is really beautiful yeah and uh that's how what I want out of my martini. Pair that with the the salty briny flavors of of uh of your your olive brine, and that doesn't feel or sound right at all, no. does it? Uh, and neither does not being cold enough. You know, when I think of a dirty martini, it's funny because I love oysters, but yeah. I do kind of there's a there's a there's a shared flavor profile there, and uh, I want my oysters like that. They they get served on a bed of you know crushed ice crushed ice yeah and i want it i want it i want them cold and i you know that and that makes the most sense so the colder the better i don't think you want your 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 brine and whatnot you you want to okay you kind of blew my mind a little bit ago when you said olive brine is a juice it's so weird that i haven't thought of it that way before i mean people do call it olive juice well right well those are Different things, kind of, aren't they? Um, I feel
0: like people refer to olive brine as olive juice. I think that's true. That's how I view it in terms of just like generally as a rule of thumb, pro tip, if you're looking for like a good rule of thumb of like what to shake and what to stir, if it's all booze, stir it. If it's got juice in it, shake it. Shake it. Uh, and so when when I say olive brine, I kind of view it as a juice. I think that generally like you want to aerate it you want to sh- you want to shake it you're also not worried about the clarity of the cocktail. Yeah.
1: And so if if I get a guest a guest who's w- w- part of our job is to ask all the questions about a martini. Um and I I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but if someone were to ask for a a dirty martini I don't say shaken or stirred I go shaken. Yeah. Cuz that's I I don't want to lead someone who might not know necessarily the difference to, to make a, uh, a a decision in a moment of panic.
0: Because also, you know, there are all these bartenders out here saying, like, well, you got to stir your martini. You should stir
1: your martini, Miro. That's and what you do.
0: That's just what you do. And while that is true, it's also false, because there are two different kinds of martinis. Uh, but
1: there are well, there's There are endless
0: infinity kinds of martinis there are infinity martinis but in terms of like there are booze martinis and then there are dirty martinis Mm -hmm. um and yeah so what were we
1: where were we starting from i feel like we lost ourselves a little bit but
0: yeah it'll happen with booze
1: yeah in the end (laughs) the i think the dirty martini is it's a cocktail
0: oh you were saying that i blew your mind
1: yeah, you blew my mind with the <laughs> the idea of of Olive Brian being a juice, which is so true, and and we as a rule shake juiced cocktails. Mm-hmm. Most of them, however, have a sweetening agent, which also might arguably be the real reason we're shaking. But I get it, and that makes like a, that kind of made a ton of sense to me in in a way I haven't thought of it before somehow. And uh, yeah, so in the end, I think a dirty martini is a drink it is a perfectly acceptable cocktail i do not have i i think i have gotten over my issues with with people ordering dirty martinis cuz i think uh it's a it's a young cocktail bartender thing to have a problem with it
0: yeah and also like the the overwhelming consensus is that they are good so like
1: right exactly the, I'm the way overwhelming
0: consensus is that they are yeah. good because i don't like them doesn't you like what you like mm-hmm. and you should be able to drink whatever it is that you like.
1: But there's a reason we 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 generally and and people do order order gin gin martinis that are dirty. It doesn't happen anywhere near as often as vodka. And what why is that? Vodka purposefully doesn't offer a ton in the way of flavor. It is a blank canvas on which to write and if you enjoy the taste of of olive brine, then that's the perfect canvas on which to enjoy that. That flavor profile. Mm-hmm. There you have it.
0: And if and one more piece of advice about dirty martinis, uh, as someone who does not drink dirty martinis,
1: if you repeat it over and over again, people will start to believe you.
0: Yeah. Um, look, I I have my secret dirty martini stash, <laughs> and when no one's looking, I take a sip of a dirty martini. And a, a dirty boy.
1: I'm a dirty boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I feel like that's a, a nice note to leave off on. One more piece of advice, though, if you are going to use gin. In a dirty martini, pick like a pretty bold gin because Great. otherwise you will lose it. You won't taste it. Um, and if you're u- if you're using gin as opposed to vodka, the reason is that you want to taste the gin. Uh, but let's take a let's take a brief hiatus. We're gonna go make ourselves another martini, uh, and then when we come back, uh, we'll get into some questions that that people have, uh, some questions that I have for Matt, uh, and also uh, one little bookend for the martini, which is how to order a martini. So stay tuned. We will be right back. And we're back. Hello. 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 Hi. Uh, here we are sitting drinking two different martinis, uh, I, I do like really quickly. I talked to Care before the break about this last time, but we, martini's a a meaty topic. Um, so we, we covered a lot. I want to know more about, or I want the listeners to know more about you and like what brought you to this point in your career. Uh, what drew you to bartending and what, what like has kind of kept that going?
1: Yeah. Uh, so about 10 years ago, really, um, I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm actually, as, as they go, a bit of a late comer, uh, to the industry, as far as people who, who get the bug, uh, to get it when you're 29 years old is actually pretty, pretty late. Um, but I found myself in a, a very, uh, a moment in, in my life when I, I was a bit adrift and, uh, I just was a regular at this bar that was in uh, Buffalo, New York, called Vera. That was the one bar that I had ever seen that in in you know my city of Buffalo that that was doing things a certain way, um, and I had never seen such attention to detail. I had never seen su- such care put into to a cocktail as I had in that moment, and uh, I kind of became a regular there. Uh, and before too long, they kind of offered they offered me a position uh, to kind of. Be an apprentice of sorts, uh, but really that just means a a prep guy in a bar back.
0: But hey, I mean, I I feel like it's still a huge compliment to get a to get an offer, a job offer at the bar you frequent because they've like almost certainly seen you at your drunkest.
1: They absolutely have, and I have been a terrible guest in my past, and I I look back with a lot of shame at some of my interactions that I've had with bartenders, especially through my early and mid twenties. Uh, same but yeah it's it's not all great but yeah they 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 asked me to be on the team and i i worked my way uh through that program i actually never bartended at that bar uh life gets in the way a lot happened but i knew that was where i was supposed to that was the industry i was supposed to be in uh and uh after that i moved to north carolina where i just kind of refined my uh myself and my trade at a uh restaurant bar called mana in uh, wilmington north carolina an incredible, uh, restaurant out there that I'm, I'm still proud to this day to have, uh, gotten to work at. And, uh, but while I was there, it, I, a lot of it was, uh, independent training, independent study, uh, because I knew that, you know, my future as much as I loved it at, at Mana, and I was there for four and a half years, uh, which is a, a long time in this industry, uh, to be anywhere. Yeah, I knew Personally,
0: that- I've never been like I've never been at a place for more than a year until until the Roosevelt, the Roosevelt room. room. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's it's funny how how the industry works like that. You know, the loyalty is a funny thing, and uh, we're we're just not that industry where you do work somewhere for forty years and they hand you a a, a pen, you know, to say thank you for your service, you know, and all that. Yeah, not really. A, it's not how that works. Uh, it's too it moves too fast the industry, but. I was there for four and a half years. I loved every minute of it. I appreciated them for everything they they did for me. But in the meantime, I was kind of uh, grinding my own teeth down into fangs. Uh, I went to Bar Five Day. That's kind of a long story and a whole other a whole other thing. But uh, just a program that I had to work really hard to get myself through, uh, self funded with some help. I I then met the owners of the Roosevelt Room and the management team there, and they kind of offered me a job as long as I passed. Our five day and here I am at the Roosevelt room and I've now been with the Roosevelt room for four and a half years but the different thing is I, I don't see myself going anywhere for, for quite a while yeah so that's you, the super condensed version of my yeah absolutely my
0: um your 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 passion has always been something that I like I've always like felt it and 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 also also like very much really respected it um so it's it's cool that you are my direct boss uh thanks fine yeah you know and and i was recently just promoted to head bartender so now we're working a little bit more closely that's right uh so you that's forward to it that's cool too um but anyway like we i just we didn't get into that at the beginning of this and so i did want to get into it a little bit just like what drew you to the industry? Because everybody kind of falls into it a different way. Mm-hmm. It's it's always, I always love hearing stories about like how the people who are very passionate about this found it. Um, but uh, I, I do digress a little bit. Uh, I did tease this right before the break. Uh, let's talk about how to order a martini. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there, there are a lot of terms that, you, as a guest, are supposed to know. Um And there are a lot of terms that you, as a guest, expect a bartender to know. And
1: I often, might trade out the word supposed to know as far as the guest goes with expected
0: expect, to know. So, yeah. Sorry. Quote, unquote, supposed exactly, to know. Expected yeah. to know, I think, is a much better uh, way to phrase that. Uh And it's tough because... There's a lot of like misconceptions and also like conflicting terminology. Right. One that I always rub against is if you want a dry martini, the drier it is, the less dry, dry vermouth. vermouth is in the martini, which is just. I hate it. I hate that term. Um Like as like e- extra dry or super dry means like no vermouth and.
1: And conversely, we they literally use the term wet. Wet, yeah. To mean more dry. And I vermouth. feel like
0: wet is not an incredibly used <laughs> term. So I always feel weird, like, asking <laughs> my guests, like, how wet do you want your martini? Uh,
1: Most of them don't know what the fuck you're
0: talking about. Exactly. So... Am I allowed to swear here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Uh, so... Dry meaning less vermouth of the dry variety. But there are so many questions you have to ask. You know, Like if somebody says, I'll have a martini, please. The follow-up is not, okay, walk away, make the martini, come back with martini. It's, would you like vodka or gin? Would you like it uh, dirty, dry, wet, whatever? Would you like it shaken or stirred? Would you like olives or would you like a lemon twist? And so there are so many questions
1: i believe from the hospitality standpoint from the bar's standpoint it is your bartender or your server's job to ask the follow-up questions because there are answers to all of these things and otherwise you don't know what they are and a bartender is going to make them for you exactly in many instances if you don't if if those questions don't get answered now Of course, I believe it's a responsibility for your server. You will go to so many bars over the years, so many restaurants where they will not ask you all of the questions. And this kind of goes back to what Lan had said earlier, specifically about how it's important to know and to kind of decide on what your martini is and what makes that what it is. And in that, you have all the power to sit there and they will say, what, what will you have? And you will say, "In my instance, I will have a gin martini, two to one, uh, x gin, x vermouth." Would you like bitters? Would you like, uh, would you like a twist? You know all those answers, and you know what it is, and you just say all of those things. They write it down, and your bartender, if they're worth anything at all, will be able to knock out what what it is that you wanted and what you enjoy.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that is my biggest piece of advice um, is, like, instead of being like, I'll have a martini, say to your bartender, I'll have a gin martini two to one or or three to one or, like, find the ratio of gin to vermouth or if you want no vermouth,
1: whatever it is. Well, let's break it down. Let's break this down.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Listeners, get out something to write something in your, your notes app, whatever it is so that we can break this down into everything that your bartender needs to know in order to get you exactly that cocktail that you are looking for. The first thing, when you say you want a martini, don't even just say, I want a martini. I want a vodka martini. I want a gin martini. That takes care of that. Next, if you want it dirty and you want vermouth, not going to lie, it's a little weird. But not out of the question. Not out of the question at all, but it's not... At, at that point, once you said dirty, eh, that's probably going to be in place of whatever vermouth yeah, you yeah. might have you might have wanted.
0: If you want vermouth and olive, Brian, I would recommend letting the bartender know because the bartender most likely is going to do either or most likely most likely
1: next. What do we got next? Uh, so if you if you say dirty at that point, we're talking ratios.
0: Yeah. How dirty?
1: How dirty. If you just say dirty, it means something to us specifically. At the Roosevelt room. If you say extra dirty, that means something. If you say slightly dirty, that means something. Most places are not going to be too far apart, I would I would say.
0: Yeah. Like if you if you say, I want a filthy martini, I know what that means. And so knowing what you like and knowing how to talk about what you like, well, it's it's a good way to just get what you want.
1: You take I mean, the power out of your surfer's hands.
0: Exactly. Because they'll make decisions for you and you don't want that. You want you want to get the thing that you want, not the thing that they think you want. Uh, so as much information as you can give the people that are providing you with the thing that you're asking for, uh, the better. So like with 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 a dirty martini, it do indicate like a level of dirtiness that you would like. And then in terms of vermouth, uh, there are like pretty specific ratios that you can kind of go with uh, and play with it, you know. Again, I like mine equal parts, but I don't necessarily always go with that. I didn't this time around. Uh, I did I did a two to one this time, and yours is still two to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a ratio. Uh, three to one is a ratio. And all of these things mean the level of gin or vodka to vermouth. Uh, and playing with it and finding what you like the best. If you can, If you can tell your bartender a ratio... They'll be like, got it. And they can immediately make the exact martini that you want. And then the final thing uh, we kind of dig- digress for a moment, but the final thing is garnish. Sure. Do you want an olive? Do you want a lemon twist? Do you want a cocktail onion? Those are all things that you can you can you're smiling at Man me and
1: just saw me me smart because because it's not the final thing. We actually missed a very important thing. Shaking a third. Yeah. Yeah. Which would probably go in. It basically goes in the front. Yeah. So you've got your spirit of choice, gin, vodka, martini, shaken slash stirred. Then you get into your ratios, whether you're talking dirty, whether you're talking vermouth, then you get into your garnish.
0: Yeah. And and you aren't required to be like, you're allowed to change that, you know? And, and again, I recommend... If you're if you if you're a home bartender, getting some olive brine, getting some vermouth, dry vermouth. Uh, personally, I think one of the best all around dry vermouths. If we're talking about brands, Dolan dry vermouth. It's a very nice, easy French vermouth, uh, delicate, tasty, uh, and it's what most bars use. And then whatever whatever brand of like vodka or gin that you like. Uh, and play around with it, you know, make a martini one way, try it with a twist, try it with an olive, whatever it is. Uh, I super recommend making yourself a few martinis at home and and really figuring out what it is that you want out of your martini, because once you figure that out, you'll know what it is. And let's say that you go to a bar and you order a martini and you're not 100 percent sure what it is that you want, but somebody miraculously makes you the perfect martini ask him for the recipe most bartenders that i know are not precious with the recipes that they that they use we we want None that i
1: enjoy sitting in front of
0: yeah absolutely so like if you have the perfect martini out at a place ask for the recipe um your server or your bartender will be more than happy to get you that information absolutely. uh so we've almost talked like 20 minutes about <laughs> Uh, how to order a martini. About how to order a martini because it's... it's I'm such, sorry, everyone. Yeah, Uh, it, but it is also just... A, it's an important
1: it's thing. It's as much for us as it is for you. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's making your life easier and also our lives easier, uh, which is a win-win.
1: Well, because we we want everyone to have what they want. Exactly. And there's no point in us guessing or, or applying our personal taste onto onto our guest martini. Yeah. Because as we've, as we've stated over and over again, it's a super personal thing. And what people want to get out of their martini changes from, from person to person. And to suggest that our martini is yours is, would be super arrogant. Yeah. We'd rather not operate that way.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So we've got a little bit of time. Uh, I would love to hear your, your uh, least favorite misconception that TV or movies like, bring into like perpetuating something about cocktails
1: i mean yeah i I don't know about my least favorite misconception
0: i or just something you think is silly
1: my 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 issue really gen genuinely comes down uh, here and there to how it just never seems like they've hired a bartender Mm -hmm. like i know a lot of bartenders that will that have a day rate of like three four hundred dollars that would be happy to be in your movie mm-hmm. and look like real fucking professionals being very good at their job at a rate that you get your extras from. And you these these they they just put someone in some suspenders and hand them a shaker and they go like you're the bartender. You're not saving yourselves any money that way. Just find a real bartender that knows how to shake a cocktail that knows how to stir a cocktail. And your your movie will not look as doofy for it.
0: Yeah, and I and I don't think that it really bothers anybody other than bartenders. Probably, probably not. But but it is just like it. It really is a hang up for me. Bartenders
1: and get bothered by a lot of things. We get bothered by a lot don't of things. Get bothered by,
0: but but uh, but I I do think that like you know you got to have one segment for you, and it's just a fun thing that I like to talk about. It's just like. The dumb things that that movie writers think the bartenders are like. Anyway, let's get into a couple of questions that listeners... Uh, and by listeners, I mean people that follow me on Instagram already have asked. Um, let's talk about uh, what are some staples needed in every bar cart. Uh, and I think let's talk initially about tools. Uh, what tools does someone need to to like make cocktails effectively uh at home uh and uh yeah what do what do you think
1: from from a tool standpoint the only thing i would say is don't buy the all-in-one kit that you find online
0: don't go on amazon and and get that because what what will end up happening is
1: well they're they're trash they're they're trash (laughs) instruments um But also, you know, your your tools don't have to be expensive. They absolutely do not. That is not what I'm suggesting. No, I'm just saying that most of the gift bag style, like all in one kind of boxes, are are trash, and they're all things that if that that are going to keep you from wanting to make your next round of cocktails. I'll put it that way. They're they're the things that you're going to either spend just a couple extra dollars, just a few bucks more, on a nice bar spoon a nice uh a shaker that a,
0: doesn't seal up. Uh,
1: exactly. A shake like get a real like two-piece metal shaker, shaker tin. That's I mean that's what we use, that's what we stand by. I'm not a big fan of cobbler shakers. Uh, those are the kind of like
0: They're the ones you think of when you think of a cocktail shaker. Yeah. The ones the, that have the cap on them and everything.
1: Exactly. Uh cobbler shakers are meant for very specific purposes. They are not necessarily meant for the everyday just mixing it up in your kitchen kind of bartender
0: granted there are some cocktail there are some cobbler shakers that you can buy i i i actually find that target has a pretty good selection of bar tools Mm. in terms of like for home bartending uh they have like some double walled uh cobbler shakers that don't seal up the way that that a lot of these flimsy steel ones do uh they also have uh if not a full like Metal tin on metal tin shaker. They have the other Boston shaker with the the glass.
1: I would just be very, very very careful careful with those. So as he's talking about large, large tin, small glass, basically a pint pint glass that fits inside the tin. They are, they're just fine for, for chilling a, a cocktail, even though glass doesn't, doesn't chill quite the same way that metal does when you're breaking your seal. Which is to say, after you've shaken and you're, you've got to kind of pop it open. Must be extremely careful not not to hurt yourself. I've seen it happen with like seasoned bartenders. Mm-hmm. But so I, I've always been kind of anti Boston shaker. But um, in the end, like you need five tools. You need a you need a bar spoon, a mixing glass. Those those go together. You need a uh, shaking tin. You need probably a Hawthorne strainer would be your your best bet. A Hawthorne strainer is built to kind of be the perfect blend of sealing off from a particulate making it into your cocktail but not over straining. Is that four?
0: That was four. Yes. And a jigger.
1: And a jigger. Yeah. That would be your that would be your five like absolute must-haves on your for your your home bartending Absolutely. station.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. And you don't even really need a mixing glass. If you've got a metal tin, like if you've got your, it's not necessarily as pretty, but if you've got a metal tin on tin shaker, you can build your, uh, you can build your cocktails in the tin and stir it that way. It's a little bit, you know, it doesn't stir quite as smoothly as glass does, uh, but it'll, it'll actually chill your cocktail a little bit faster. It's a slightly more efficient way to stir, uh,
1: Couple things I would suggest <laughs> for your, I, I agree with that. For your, uh, your bar spoon, uh, fine grained threads, which is to say,
0: yeah, the really, really twisty ones, not the, not the red tip ones. How they're
1: all twisted up. If you see really kind of deep grained, wide threads, don't, just don't grab those. They, so they're weird on your hand. They mm-hmm. don't spin as easy. They're only a couple dollars cheaper. It's not worth it.
0: So I'll give you some keywords to, to search, yes. uh, in terms of, 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 so for shakers, Boston shaker, metal Boston shaker. If you Google that, you will find something. Uh, Japanese bar spoon that will bring up the bar spoon that we're talking about. Japanese jigger will bring up the jigger that we're talking about. Although my favorite all in one jigger is actually, uh, from a brand called Pina. It's a, Similar to the, the conical Japanese jigger, but a little bit more tapered. And it has actually the quarter ounce mark in there as well. And it really does pour super nice. Uh, you can buy that on Amazon. Uh, uh, and then for strainers, if you ta- type in Hawthorne strainer, uh, you'll find lots of options. The tighter the coil, the better. Uh, the brand OXO, I think it's pronounced OXO, but OXO. Is it- I no, think so. No, no. I worked at the Container Store for a short amount of time, and we sold a lot of that <laughs> brand. Uh, but the brand Oxo uh, Oxo makes a makes a pretty good one. Uh, and then, uh, if you get a mixing glass, just like again, Google mix like cocktail mixing glass, and pretty much if you want to get a pretty mixing glass, any of those will do. Probably,
1: yeah, they're fine. You don't have to go crazy on that. You don't really have to go crazy on any of it. I would say you should be able to get this entire kit and be happy with the quality of what you've gotten for like sixty bucks.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, so don't overspend. Uh, you know, we we get a lot of our stuff from a, a site called Cocktail Kingdom, and you can do that, but their shipping prices are pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find a lot of comparable stuff if you are using the search terms that I just gave you. Um,
1: avoid the all in one kits.
0: Avoid the all in one kits. Uh, and then I think we've got time for one more. Uh, if I'm going to own one kind of cocktail glass, what would it be? Uh, if we're talking about a cocktail glass in terms of like a martini type glass, uh, my answer would be a Nick and Nora. Uh, I think that it's probably the most versatile. Uh, takes up less space than a martini glass and also uh, you're mo- you're less likely to spill. As long as it's about six or seven ounces, you're probably fine.
1: That's the key.
0: The size of the martini or the size of the cocktail glass is very important. The ounceage. Look at that um, because.
1: It, There's a lot of Nicanoras that are out there. Are, the one we use at the Roosevelt Room for stirred cocktails specifically included. It's a beautiful glass very versatile it's easy to keep in your cupboard takes up very little space however if you're making a shaken cocktail you're often going to go over over its wash line so being careful not to undersell uh, the size of the drinks that you may make in your home what is important in in deciding this
0: yes wash line being the line uh This is a term that I didn't know before I started bartending, but wash line would be the the like where the drink lands in the glass, uh, the top of the drink. Thank you. Of course. Uh, So I think if you if you've got something that's about seven ounces, it's going to be pretty versatile for shaken or stirred drinks.
1: That's pretty big, I would say.
0: Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty big, but like if you're looking for an all in one, if you're looking for an all in one and you're measuring out your cocktails. Do not make a martini.
1: And expect it to fill that glass.
0: Don't make a martini and expect it to fill that glass. Uh, a martini will probably look you like about die. like five to six ounces, uh, depending on whether you shake it or stir it. But seven ounces is gonna is gonna cover most of your cocktail needs. If you're looking for something that you can put ice in, uh, any sort of like rocks glass or or old fashioned glass, they're often called, uh, will do. And at the end of the day. I if we're talking about one glass to put all cocktails in, I would say get yourself an old fashioned glass. You can put martinis in that too. Uh, if we're look like if you're looking for just like one glass to buy, uh, and that's your glass for cocktails, then a, some sort of rocks glass,
1: the one that when you're looking at it straight on, it's just basically a square. Yeah, is, is the one.
0: Mm-hmm. But if we're looking for for something specifically for like martinis and things like that a Nick and Nora or a coupe glass that is about seven ounces. will do you for just about any cocktail you make. Sure. And again, it might look a little short depending on the measurements of your cocktail, but that is the pitfall of the all in one glass. But you know what? It's also fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. If
0: you're in your
1: house, whatever you want, whatever you want.
0: Exactly. Put it in a coffee mug for all we care. Yeah. Uh, I, I should also tell, say who these questions were sent in by, uh, the first question was sent in by Savannah. Thank you, Savannah. Uh, this and I got a lot of questions uh, also from my mother in law about what to put in a bar cart. The second question was from uh, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Um, and we have taken a lot of time. Uh, it's been really fun chatting. Also,
1: yeah, man, it's been my pleasure. Uh, uh,
0: but we are. This is going to be a fun one to edit because I feel like we talked about a lot. Vo- a lot of fun things uh so Fine. this might just be a longer one too i would so. only
1: stand by about 55 percent of what i said <laughs> anyway so uh
0: well i i thought that everything you said was very good oh thank you so uh, much. of course um uh but before we go uh maddie do you have anything that you want to plug any any
1: anything to plug no no i really don't um you know come see us at the roosevelt room this year we have a lot going on uh we have a lot of young bartenders that we've been working through the program that, uh, are, are going to be taking the next couple steps this year. And, uh, we're just really excited to, to get them through and, uh, give my old bones a little more of a rest over the next year or two. Uh, so come to the Roosevelt room to see me less and to see them more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you can certainly see my face there quite often these days. Uh, and, and to see land more. Yeah. See me more. See Matt less. Uh, <laughs> I'll plug a couple things. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but if you have questions for us here at uh, bottle episode, you can email me at bottleepisodepod at gmail.com or, uh, send me a DM on Instagram at bottleepisodepod pod on, uh, Instagram. Uh, and then if you're interested in making the cocktails that we've, that we've talked about today, uh, a uh, bottle episode pod at TikTok will be uh, the place to see those. Uh, and uh, next week, I'm actually not sure who I'm talking to yet. Next week, but uh, in two weeks, we'll we'll have another episode up, and uh, I'm sure that it'll be as good as a this. Real one humdinger! It'll be a humdinger for sure. Uh, But that'll do it for us here at Bottle Episode. Uh, Have a wonderful rest of your evening, Uh, and as always, uh, drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Cheers to you. Cheers. (laughs) Fuck off. folks just popping in at the end of the episode to say thank you so much for listening i was so excited by the response to the first episode and i can't wait to show y'all everything we've got planned uh and if you'd like the show it'd mean the world to us if you'd take the time to leave us a five-star review over on apple podcasts and if you've got thoughts or critiques we'd love to hear them and you can email us those at bottle episode at gmail.com again thank y'all so much and we will see y'all in two weeks